0: Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi. I am faculty at the University of San Francisco for this semester, and uh, our show is hosted in partnership with the Cap Center at UCSB. I'm joined today by someone who will be familiar to many of you and who I um, am lucky enough to not only call a, a podcasting colleague, but also a friend, and that is Blake Chastain. So,
1: Blake, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me back on the show.
0: So, Blake, uh, you are the host of the podcast Evangelical and also uh, Powers and Principalities, uh, you're also mm-hmm. the uh, the author of the the newsletter, the Post Evangelical uh, Post, which is great, and uh, you just recently published uh, an op-ed that we're going to talk about today, and that is at the Religion News Service, uh, and uh, it's it's called Evangelicals. You're still not really listening to what evangelicals are saying, and it's a it's honestly a great piece, and it really addresses just so many things that I think many of us have felt and and commented on, but uh, have not put into kind of systematic uh, analysis like you have here. Let me start by asking you this: you know, in my mm-hmm. mind, you have a kind of singular role in the evangelical community and history. Uh, you started the hashtag. Your show is called Exvangelical. You've been doing this uh, work for five years within the community uh, on, on Twitter, on Facebook, and many other places. Can you just run us through the reach uh, of Exvangelical, the hashtag, and also some of the communities that have kind of spun off from the original hashtag where people are really finding uh, places to connect with others?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it has been sort of incredible. And uh, thank you for that that introduction. Um, it's been sort of crazy the way in which these different communities have spun out across and proliferated across multiple uh, social networks. Um, on Twitter, you usually see, uh, according to a site uh, like Union Metrics, which does some like light uh, analysis that you can access, um, usually has uh, across even just a, a sampling of, say, 100 tweets um, s- featuring the hashtag, uh, a reach of b- around 100,000 to 250,000 impressions per day. Um, On TikTok, uh, the hashtag has been viewed over 300 million times at this point. Um, It's been used over 45,000 times publicly on Instagram. And uh, you can find a whole host of other places. There's also uh, a Reddit community Um, and numbering in the thousands. The Facebook group that I manage is over 10,000. I manage and administer along with other administrators. Um, over 10,000 members there, as well as other dedicated subgroups for different topics. Um, so it's really been sort of incredible over the last five years to see these types of communities proliferate and focus on different things. Some may be focusing on, say, a, an expression of queer spirituality uh, or ways in which um, people of color uh, who grew up in white evangelicalism uh, are discovering other forms of spiritual practice or religious belief. Um, Other groups might be more uh, specifically anti-theist or non-theist, but each sort of group, I think, really uh, informs the other or at least shows that there is quite a bit of diversity once you leave white evangelicalism, uh, in practice and in belief.
0: Well, and you name some of these in the, in the piece, you know, hashtag empty the pews, which was started by, uh, you know, our, our friend and colleague, Chrissy Stroop, hashtag church mm-hmm. two faithfully, LGBT hashtag ex Mormon. So we're seeing sort of adjacent, um, you know, high demand fundamentalist religions also, yep. um, show up with, with hashtags. Now, one of the things you address in the piece that I think is really important is when we think about, uh, Ex-evangelicals and, and others really who have left high-demand religions, uh, one of the things you'll you'll hear people say is, "Oh, this is new. It's a tr- it's a trend. It's a fad. Uh, something is sort of just in the air in terms of the godlessness of the United States or the rise of the nuns or whatever." And I guess one of the things that you you argue is uh, that's probably not the best way to look at it. So, mm-hmm. is this new? Uh, I think I already know the answer. And if not. What's changed to make it more
1: visible in the last, say, five to ten years? I would say uh, this is not new. Um, if you look even even if you limit your searches or casting cast your net only to the types of books that were published in the last twenty years or more, um, you actually you actually find texts that address leaving evangelicalism, leaving high demand religion uh going back to the 90s at least um um <clears throat> Marlene excuse me i'm sorry Marlene Winell's uh um uh, foundational book about about leaving the fold uh then you also have other other texts like evangelicals on the Canterbury trail uh the post evangelical um uh evangelical christian w- women by our colleague uh Julie Inger- Julie Ingersoll um a spiritual memoir by Diana Butler Bass from the early 2000s. And even uh, I think it's completely in keeping to say that a lot of the uh, people that might be known as progressive writers or bloggers of faith also sort of started, they may not have used this sort of terminology, but what they were emerging from was the same sort of traditions that ex-evangelicals or people who use that term for a season of their life or in order to share their content, um, they really are working in the same sort of area and exploring the same sort of questions. What's changed is these social networks provide a higher level of visibility and make these things indexable, searchable, and shareable. Um, so the fact that a hashtag like exvangelical or church2 uh, or empty the pews, uh, those being three three uh, really um examples that have that have stayed uh that sort of the test of time over the last few years um the fact that we're seeing that i think is because of those platforms and not necessarily because we uh you know it it was all of a sudden everybody decided uh that it was trendy uh to do that like you know like it was the milk crate challenge or something
0: (laughs) I, I agree. I mean, I so I started seminary. This is how old I am. I started seminary in two thousand five, right after. I'm sorry, not two thousand five. In two thousand three, right after I graduated uh, from Azusa Pacific, and in two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five, uh, I read some of the books you're talking about. I read, you know, on the Canterbury Trail. I read the uh, the ex or the ex-evangelical or no the post-evangelical, excuse me, and. Uh, it was in mm-hmm. the air. Uh, it was definitely around. It just—I I yeah. agree with you. We didn't have the ways to connect and to make visible uh, like we do now. I mean, it, and you can see that all over the place in terms of just uh, how those things have proliferated over the last you know decade and a half. So, um, all right. So it's not new. It's it's certainly not something that um, has just popped up in the last four or five years as a trend. But you know, one of the one of the main points of your of your writing here is that. Uh, evangelicals continue to just not listen to ex-evangelicals when they talk about why they've left mm-hmm. and so uh, you reference a recent uh, episode of the Mars Hill podcast or that you know the the what happened to Mars Hill mm-hmm. podcast from Christianity today and the host is uh, Mike Cosper and you know as you know Cosper mm-hmm. spent some time asking various folks like why did people leave and uh, I'm going to throw some different reasons that are given and I want to see what you say to these, Uh, these various things. So uh, one person is Matthew Lee Anderson, who uh, teaches at Baylor. And Matthew Lee Anderson says uh, that uh, ex-evangelicals, for the most part, did not have a mainstream evangelical experience. Uh, They were sociologically at the margins of evangelicalism. Um, And that they also uh, sort of corrupt their, their story and their journey by making it public. So What would you say to to Anderson uh, in response when when he states these answers for these sort of ex-evangelical phenomenon? Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode, you'll have access to the entire Swag archive over 550 episodes. You'll also get an extra episode every month, ad-free listening, Discord access, and so much more. All that for less than six bucks a month, and it helps us keep our flag up and continue to safeguard democracy from religious nationalism, extremism, and rising authoritarianism. Check it out. It's not hard, I promise.